Hey, this is P. Perkins Heard from the Trap Life Podcast, and you are listening to the CQP Moments Podcast. Remember to subscribe, share, and enjoy. episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pin. Now guys, today I have a special guest by the name of Will Roundtree. He is an author and a speaker. But before we get into everything, Let's take a moment out for our sponsors, and I'll be right back with Will. So guys, like I was saying, I'm here with Will Roundtree, the author, speaker, and just all-around entrepreneur, just an amazing person. Okay, so Will... Tell my listeners about yourself. Man, where do I start? So, (laughs) (laughs) so my name is Will Roundtree. I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Moved to Las Vegas, Nevada in 2005. And um, Mm -hmm. mainly moved just, you know, I was looking for something different. Uh, Growing up in the big move. (laughs) Definitely. Growing up in the Midwest. Uh, fortunately, uh, fortunate enough, I was actually, uh, able to move to Mississippi in high school. So I did get to kind of see a different, uh, you know, a a different style of living, moving from the, 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 the Midwest to the South uh, after high school, moving back to the Midwest. And then merely out of life experiences is what prompted me to move to Las Vegas uh, was working, you know, a nine to five, going to school, uh, ended up dropping out of college. Just, you know, college really wasn't, it didn't catch, it didn't capture my attention. I was a straight A student, but, you know, I just got bored with it, I guess. So, wow. Uh, yeah, joined the workforce, was working at a company, I want to say for about seven and a half years. And then literally one day, uh, we got a letter from corporate stating that our company had been sold. And the very next day went into the office and there were chains on the door. And so uh, just from uh, trying to find myself and searching to kind of see what my next direction was, again, uh, school necessarily wasn't my path. And so I stumbled onto entrepreneurship uh, in 2003. And then from there, uh, my first, you know, taste of entrepreneurship was network marketing. And throughout network marketing, you know, I always say that the biggest benefit I received from network marketing was it taught me about personal development. And Mm, so within that personal development, it just had me, you know, kind of searching for something more. And at the time, I remember having a mentor who was a real estate attorney who kind of dropped the seed on me talking about credit. And so, um, you know, it obviously didn't resonate with me at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. Within that network marketing company, I had actually uh, hit one of the top positions within that company within, you know, five months. 
didn't make a lot of money because, you know, most network marketing companies is not necessarily <laughs> the money that people uh, uh, that it, the money, it, it just wasn't there. Let me put it like that. And right. so we uh, were building a team across the country and Las Vegas happened to be one of the areas where we were starting to develop a nice size organization. Mm-hmm. And so my mentor upline came to me and said, hey, Will, have you ever thought about going to Las Vegas and kind of heading up that team? And at the time, you know, single, no kids. And I just said, yes. And so came out to Las Vegas to visit for a conference in September, went back to Milwaukee and I moved out here October 5th, that same year. So it was literally like a three week turnaround. And I've been in Las Vegas ever since. Wow. Wow. I'm listening to this and it almost sounds like things that you hear or see only in movies, like going to your job and literally seeing chains on the door right after they tell you you know like we're selling the company correct and i know at that point it was really a do or die situation oh really yeah it's like you you had no choice because there was nothing to really fall back on nothing at all and if you would have known some of the jobs i've had in between from that time with the company shutting down to moving. I mean, I, I can remember working at Tombstone Pizza where wow. we worked inside of a freezer loading the, the uh, personal pizzas into the pizza box. Right. Uh, I was there about a week and a half. I said, I, I can't do this. You know, wow. no disrespect to anyone who worked there, but, you know, it, it was just I was I was searching for something. And so, you know, and again, that's kind of how my path led me to entrepreneurship. But I, I, I think this is the part I really love about entrepreneurship is the thing that recognizing that the regular path, the regular nine to five, the regular, just what everybody else does is not necessarily where you want to go and you're going to have to find your way and make it. Correct. And, and that's really what it is, is finding your way and making it. So I have a big question, which is, how did you get from there to writing your book, Credit is King? Wow. Okay. So uh, like I mentioned, prior to moving to Las Vegas, my, you know, I had a mentor or someone who I just kind of looked up to in the world of uh, business. Uh, He he dropped a line on me. He said, well, eventually credit is going to become the new dollar. Uh, Mm. I did not know what he meant by that. You know, I wasn't even financially mature enough at the time to even understand that term and so but when I moved to Las Vegas I quickly found out what he meant I couldn't rent an apartment because my credit was bad you know I couldn't buy a vehicle without needing a co-signer or qualifying for a vehicle that I necessarily didn't want to drive (laughs) you know and so right uh, I can remember going to a car dealership being denied and the dealer actually gave me a copy of my credit report because I was like man, why can't I get approved for a vehicle? And so he gave me a copy of the credit report. I went home, you know, it looked like, you know, gibberish, obviously. And so I said, you know what, maybe I need to start understanding what this credit thing is. And Mm -hmm. so I can remember this was, you know, around the time out here in Las Vegas, we had internet cafes, you know, obviously Google and all of that is is being as accessible as it is on your cell phone wasn't as uh, accessible back in 2005. And so I would right. literally go to the Internet Cafe and just, you know, try to research any information about credit. 
Um, you know, it wasn't as much information online at the time. So then I would go to the libraries and different things like that. And so uh, just from a need started to, you know, repair my own credit. I can remember mm-hmm. having like a 410 credit score. I didn't know. Obviously, I knew it was bad because I couldn't get approved for anything. But uh, I started to understand why it was bad. It was because right. I had been financially irresponsible with the credit cards. I remember I had a repossession from, you know, uh, Milwaukee and different things like that. And so I knew I had to change something about that situation. So just started repairing my own credit. Once I saw the benefits of not only repairing your credit, but what having better credit or good credit can do for you, you know, being able to rent my first uh, uh, place, being able to finally buy a vehicle without a co-signer. And so uh, just kind of had an aha moment at that point. And again, mm-hmm. all from that that one seed that, you know, my mentor had told me in 2003. And so from there, I really just started talking and educating and telling people about credit. Didn't really look at it from a business standpoint. I was just, you know, saying, you know, no different than if I went and saw a good movie, I'm going to recommend the movie. I wanted to say, right. hey, what does your credit look like? Have you thought about fixing your credit, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, it just really kind of spawned from there. And it became mm-hmm. something I became passionate about. And uh, I remember trying to start a, a couple companies in the credit repair industry, quote, unquote. Uh, mm-hmm. They never really got on. And so then I remember saying, you know what, my, I, I want to just educate people about credit. Right, I don't, right. It's a million people doing credit repair. Credit repair kind of had like this dark cloud over it because it was so much you know, uh, unethical things that typically went on in that space. Right. And I think it still does. I think it still does to a certain extent. It it definitely can. And so uh, from that point, um, just from educating people, I remember I would go to apartment complexes and do workshops trying to teach people about homeownership. And, you know, I can remember it would be one person there. And that was the janitor who set up the the, uh, audio equipment. And and so just kind of being consistent with the message and from that point you know my platform started to grow and I remember meeting a gentleman who was in the stock uh, industry who had written a book about stocks Mm -hmm. and he also had a partner who owned a publishing company and he was just kind of in awe about the amount of information that I knew about credit Mm -hmm. and he said you ever thought about writing a book and I said well I mean well, I have, but I, I don't know what to write about. He was like, write about what you know. It should be on credit. And I right. can remember saying, well, you know, it's, it's a million of those books out. I don't want to just be like everyone else. He was like, no, you should write it from your point of view. And so I uh, didn't want to do like a how-to, a step-by-step. I said, you know, I just want to give people pointers and more like a manual. And right. so uh, that's kind of how the book Credit is King was born. I mm-hmm. mean, it took me, I want to say probably about eight months to actually, you know, uh, write it out. I literally put every single word to paper and, you know, and I had zero expectations on how it was going to do. I just put it out there and, you know, fast forward almost three years later, uh, the book has sold so well that, you know, I'm even shocked that people still buy it just because, you know, it all started just from a, a, a thought or an idea. And so, you know, I'm extremely excited and, you know, a proud because that's something that's going to live on forever, long right, past, you know, my time right. here on this in this world. So, but you know what? I think that's really where the best things come from is the fact that you knew you had a need. So obviously there were other people out there 
uh, needed the same information. Absolutely. So, okay. What is one thing that you say most people make a mistake on? Like when they're, when they're kind of quote unquote, ignoring their credit. I would say the most, the biggest mistake most people make is not understanding really the power of what credit is. Okay. And I say that because there's so many misconceptions about credit, how it can be used. Right. Uh, a lot of times people assume it's just to be able to purchase a car or a home and get a credit card. Right, right. And then we've been conditioned to look at credit as a negative stigma because it puts people in debt. But uh, and then you also have pundits and gurus and people who say credit is bad. You shouldn't have credit and different things like that. But one of the things that I quickly learned, especially, you know, in a black and brown community, that's not mm-hmm. always a narrative that's conducive for us. You know, for one, right, right. Uh, credit can dictate the school zone your kids go to school in. You know, when you have bad right. credit, you may, you know, statistically live in a less than desirable neighborhood. Right. And so. Uh, then the, the uh, a trickle down effect from there, when you're a renter, typically your rent is going to be two to three times higher than what a mortgage would be. So then right. it, 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 it minimizes us from being able to uh, being owners of anything. You know? right. And then I even think about how employers run your credit score. So now it, 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 it um, puts a lot of people in situations who have challenged credit to where they can't qualify for the best positions of employment uh auto insurance companies are running your credit they use credit as a barometer to dictate your insurance premiums right Um, you know when they had to the flood in in houston fema Mm -hmm. was actually running people credit to determine who can be administered aid or not so imagine losing everything and you may not possibly qualify for aid because you have bad credit you know it had nothing to do with needing a credit card. It had nothing to do with buying a car or putting yourself in debt, you know? So more and more uh, credit is starting to become the barometer of, you know, just our day-to-day living. You know, I spoke with a parent a few weeks ago who couldn't rent her daughter an instrument and didn't have the money to pay for the full amount of the instrument because they ran her credit. And so it's, it's, so I think one of the biggest misconceptions or mistakes is, is that we don't take credit seriously uh, right. Because we just have this stigma of looking at it from a consuming standpoint to be able to go on trips and vacations yes. and shopping and all of that. Yes, because I even notice when people talk about having good credit, when we have good credit, everybody's like, well, you know, I can go and buy a car. And that's like the first thing they want to, you know, throw in someone's. Absolutely. okay, I'm a person that checks my credit regularly. And most people tell me that, you know, you shouldn't do that. But is that something you should do? And if so, how how regularly should we check? Absolutely. So I definitely recommend we all check our credit regularly. And the primary reason is, or one of the main reasons is, So there are tons of data breaches that have taken place. It seems to be more and more common, especially over the past three to five years. I mean, everyone from Target to Home Depot 
Just about every major department store has had one. The the IRS had a data breach, <laughs> even including Equifax, the individuals who are supposed to be <clears throat> housing and protecting our credit profiles. So Correct. imagine, you know, being in a scenario where through a data breach, our information were to be compromised mm-hmm. in the form of identity theft. And the you never find out until you go and you're trying to go and purchase a home or you're right. trying to get right. financial aid for your, your child or you're trying to purchase a vehicle or whatever the case may be. And so right. when you have credit monitoring, at least if anything did happen from a peace of mind standpoint, you will always be alerted, you know, right. so even so just from that standpoint alone, I always say it's an investment, no different than we have insurance. We have insurance on our cell phones. And Correct. so why not protect something that's going to be a benefit for us in, you know, long term? Because, again, people are also utilizing our identities, even for, uh, you know, criminalized activity. You know, right. Getting, uh, utilizing your social security number to 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 um you know get IDs or getting using your information to create IDs and getting traffic warrants and tickets and you know okay. all these different things so even just for a peace of mind we should always have some form of credit monitoring now yes you can pull a free one once a year which is better than nothing but i'm always sharing imagine you pulled your credit in january of course through the data breaches your information gets compromised in february and you'll never know until next January by the time you pull your credit. But at right. least through credit monitoring, anytime your information is ever used or a new application opens up in your name or whatever the case, you'll get an alert because once your credit report, once your credit is being ran to be a, to, uh, you know, to see if you can be established credit, uh, mm-hmm. you will automatically get an alert. So that will prompt you to say, hey, what's going on? Maybe someone got my information and You'd be surprised how frequent our information is even compromised from a loved one, whether it was an ex-spouse or a roommate or a relative or, you know, someone who just is spiteful. So Right. Now, here's here's something that actually happened to someone close to me. Um, And it didn't particularly happen to them. It happened to their child. Uh, Their daughter turned 18 and was you know, really kind of setting off on her own and actually went to go and get a cell phone and found out that someone actually had bought a house in her name when she was about 12. So how do we protect our children from stuff like this? Yes, great question. Things like that are more common than we realize. And so with some credit monitoring services, they have Mm -hmm. where you can add an alert for your child's credit. Now, unfortunately you can't prevent it from happening, but there are things you can do to help deter that. Even with our own personal credit, you can put an alert or a freeze on a credit report or a credit profile, which means Mm. if you put a freeze on there, your credit cannot be ran whatsoever. So there's two different types of, you know, proactive, you know, things that can be done. You can put what's called a fraud alert okay. on your credit report, which essentially means that if anyone ever tries to run your credit, when right. you submit a fraud alert, the credit bureaus have a phone number, which essentially is supposed to be your phone number. 
And so anytime a credit application is being ran, that mm-hmm. financial institution has to contact you and ask you some authentication questions to mm-hmm. determine whether it was actually you who applied for the credit or not. Or you can right. put a freeze, which means your credit profile is almost like it's, it's locked. No one can get access to it. And the only time it can be used is that you have to actually unfreeze it. And so those are things you can do to at least kind of deter it and prevent it as much as possible. And those are things we can also do for our children. Nice to know. That is definitely good to know because I mean, you're going out on your own, you're setting out, you think you're going to start a life and you can't even get a cell phone because there is a foreclosure in your name that you didn't even know about. Like it's a lot. Absolutely. Um, so I hear that you also just, we talked about your first book, but there's another book. <clears throat> Correct. Okay. So tell me about your newest book. Yeah. So my newest book is something that I always say I've been writing for 15 years in my okay. mind. You know, okay. I would say. <laughs> and so it's called a uh, full-time CEO, the, uh, the shit they don't tell you about. I don't know if I could say that word or not. Uh, and so, it's okay. It's okay. okay. <laughs> and so essentially it's, uh, the title came because I wanted to capture people's attention. Uh, that's right. the first thing. And then secondly, it's a book about entrepreneurship, but I think there's so many different quote unquote self-help books that glamorizes entrepreneurship Right. I to go more into the things that the average person, when they're looking to start a business, they're not thinking about, you know? And so right. I talk about, you know, just the different principles and, you know, some of the six steps as far as things that you may want to uh, that you that you want to be able to apply in order to actually create a successful business, entrepreneur uh, venture, become that full time CEO. Because I think, you know, the biggest thing that a lot of people uh, when they go into business, we go into it just because we have an idea. And right. So I'll, I often share, you know. Just because I can cook very well does not mean I can run a restaurant. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs, that's what they do. They go in on the hopes of, hey, I can cook really well. Everyone said my cooking is incredible. Maybe I'll open a restaurant. Come to find out there's a lot of work that goes into running a restaurant. Exactly. And so exactly. That, it's a lot of those things that I talk about in a book, things that we may not necessarily think about, everything from understanding uh, sales, understanding your competition, understanding product uh, and service pricing, understanding, um, you know, your mindset has to be there. You have to have a different type of mindset when you're uh, going into business or being becoming an entrepreneur, uh, customer service, customer experience, you know, all of the things that, again, because I can cook very well, I'm not thinking about accounting. I'm not thinking about my taxes. I'm not thinking about you know, all of the things I just want to make a great burger. And so and then I also share a lot of my experiences uh, in the book of things that's helped me along the way of the things that, you know, like I mentioned, I didn't think about. And so I really just want to share my journey of, with of my experiences. I don't like to call them losses. I like to call them experiences. That's kind of I mean, helped me to become a to become that full time CEO. Exactly. I mean, it is life is an experience and sometimes we do better than other times. So it's not, and, and if we didn't have those 
those challenges because I don't like to call them losses either. In other words, if we didn't have those challenges, we wouldn't know sometimes how to maneuver otherwise. Absolutely. And not only that, we wouldn't get to the next levels. Right. I, I often right. say if, if that company had not a shut down in 2003, I would not be here today. I would no, probably, probably still, still be working. Be working. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. And so, so I, 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 uh, I, you know, I take on this, you know, not saying I'm looking for things to happen, but, you know, I understand that it's how you adapt and what you decide to do about it, you know, because the interesting thing about it is everyone who I, you know, kept in touch with over the years, who I used to work with back in 1998, all the way up until 2003, Mm -hmm. most of them are still kind of job hopping. A lot of them fully haven't recovered. And that's because a lot of times mentally, you some people can't get over those type of experiences but you know i took that as okay now i know you know i know i need to change my focus i need to shift my energy into right. focusing on what's going to help me get to that next level and so yeah all those experiences have definitely helped me along my journey wow. and that's what this book is about that's amazing that is Thank absolutely you. amazing and like i said it, to me it's just almost these are the things, like I said, you hear in or hear in stories or read about or, you know, you see in a movie, but you don't realize that some of these things are actually based on people's realities. 100%. And, and you know, this is like you said, this is what got you to the next level. And I'm sure, I mean, just hearing this, it, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. So guys, definitely check out Will's books. All of his information will be in the show notes. Will, what is one thing that you can say to someone who may be going through that kind of challenge right now, who's saying, you know what, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And is it worth going on? Is it worth? Because let's be honest, sometimes we really do get to that point. So what is one thing that you can say that's kept you motivated? So the one thing that I can say that's kept me motivated is I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, Mm -hmm. um, my circumstances, um, I knew they needed to change. You know, when I was first moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, I can remember being homeless, uh, sleeping out of my car and doing my grocery shopping at the 99 cent store. And so, um, I didn't want that to continue to be my reality. And so I think that in any situation, whether it's a physical situation, you know, uh, our health, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to your financial situation, when it comes to anything in life, when you have, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, when you finally feel those pain points, Mm -hmm. that's when you get motivated enough to get up and make a change. But then while you're making that change, we have to change our mindset. There's a famous quote that says, when you change your thinking, that's when you'll become successful. Yes. And when I talk about success, it's not a monetary thing. You know, right. initially success for me was I wanted freedom. You know, right. I got tired of waking up, going to a job every single day for, you know, who I had to beg my employer to take time off to go to uh, my grandfather's funeral because someone had more seniority than me. I never wanted that to be uh, my reality. And then 
I didn't want to be on the 40, 40, 40 plan, you know, working 40 years for, you know, uh, to get 40% of the income after I retire. And hopefully, you know, uh, my, my, the, the income will last me, you know, the next 40 years of my, my, my time on this earth. And so, you know, I, I, I just, I, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired in all of those different uh, situations. And so I just tell, and I challenge anyone because one of the things I believe in is, uh, I don't believe in excuses. I think that mm-hmm. we all, you know, uh, make the decision to accept whatever situation we are in life. Now, I, I do believe that there are unforeseen circumstances that, you know, have people in uh, unfortunate situations. But as long as we have our health and, you know, and, 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 and alive and kicking, we have the mm-hmm. opportunity to change whatever direction or trajectory we want our uh, situations to be, but we have to make that decision. And right. I often say that the decision you make today is going to dictate where you are in the next three to five years. So I always challenge people, make that decision today to make a change, whether it's your health, your finances, your, you know, uh, your, your, your employment, you want to start that business. And, and so I, I just say that, you know, once you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's when you'll make that change. Okay. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on, Will. No, it was it's a pleasure. Been, Thank you. It, trust me, this has been a pleasure. This is, trust me, I'm going to tell you, this is going to help so many people. This is going to help so many people. So, like I said, you and you're always welcome to come back on. We can arrange so that, you know, you can come back on and introduce something new if you want to talk about something else that will help a whole bunch more people you're more than welcome oh no i appreciate the invite uh looking forward to working with you guys again and trust me i will be back very soon i have another book in the works so oh wow oh you are just a busy okay are you becoming my new busiest person that i that i know <laughs> i mean <laughs> we just talked about a book that you just you just finished and now you're talking about you have another book in the works oh my gosh absolutely so guys i am talking again i'm talking to will roundtree author entrepreneur speaker and seems to be all around busy person <laughs> and it has been a pleasure so thank you you so much for coming on and thank you for taking the time out and we will do this again absolutely talk to you guys soon I hope that you guys got all the great gems that Will has dropped on us you know the importance of credit not just for spending not just for buying that house but how it really does determine some things. So guys, remember I am leaving Will's information in the show notes. So this way you can get a hold of his two books and I can't wait for the one that he is writing now. So guys, as always, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other and happy shopping.